This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments with my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. And not uh, by usual, Damien. Yes. Hello, everyone. It's all for you. Yeah. It's all for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is podcast. This is for, for Halloween. I'm, and I'm <laughs> sure. It used to be a horror film trope. I need to show up in more movies. Yeah, it's, that's what, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Damien has, has, has never heard yes. that joke before. <laughs> no, I don't even know what we're talking about. All right, then. <laughs> it must be an omen. Okay. <laughs> well, Damien is uh, one of Alex's co-hosts on Quotes from Springfield, and he was uh, gracious enough to join us here on the episode today, which is what, Alex? Cabin in the Woods. The Cabin <laughs> in the Woods. The, the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> a Cabin in the Woods. Yes. The Cabin in the Woods came out in 2011, directed by, directed by Drew Goddard, written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard, starring Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson, Fran Kronz, Jesse Williams, <laughs> a bunch of other people, Bradley Whitford, Brian White, Amy Acker, Acker, uh, Ellen Ripley. <laughs> yeah, it's got Ellen Ripley. Um, yeah, oh, Ellen Ripley. Richard, um, I always forget his last name, but he's a great character. Dawson. Jenkins. Uh, Jenkins. Jenkins. Jenkins, yes. Yeah. Richard Jenkins. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. Well, Alex, you nominated this movie. What is your background with it? Um, this is another reason why I brought Damien on uh, to this episode. Not only is this his favorite movie, but it's his Blu-ray that I borrowed to watch this movie for the first time uh, hey. last year. All right. Yeah, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. What was going Whoa. on there? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Was, uh, speaking of horror, there was some paranormal activity. <laughs> somebody, somebody was, somebody was, wow. somebody had very strong opinions about Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> don't they? Don't they all? It must have been a Spotify uh, employee. <laughs> all right. Well, then, Damien, Damien, what is your experience with this movie? Um, I did not know a lot about the film going into it. I see that it's been out for a little bit, but I'm a huge fan of the horror genre. Uh, so when I finally had a chance to sit down with it, people would kind of let me know that it's, so my fellow horror fan friends let me know it's kind of a different film, but I thought it was going to be of the cabin in the in the woods <laughs> genre without the whole meta narrative that runs through it. And as someone who, the, the kind of elder gods, uh, Lovecraftian lore, there's so many different things they, they wove into it. So I remember watching it and, from the from the first scene, it completely threw me off kilter. And then, of course, you have the um, I don't want to spoil too many of the scenes on my list, but a lot of things early on that kind of set it up. And I was just struck by it as a, a fan of the genre for for years. It was so clever the way that they took all these tropes. Uh, also, maybe foreshadowing for things we'll be discussing, <laughs> but the way they took all these tropes and kind of turned them on their ear to make a really simultaneously I think what I admired so much about it when I got done and had a chance to process it was that it's simultaneously just a great horror film on its on its on its own merits mm -hmm. but it also is a great commentary on the genre itself 
Um, I kind of felt that way about Scream and a couple other films. So when I had a chance to watch it, I came away just uh, amazed at how well how well done it was, uh, both as a standalone film and as a, a kind of commentary in the genre. And I've watched it a ton of times since then. Obviously, I lend it out to anybody uh, who will borrow it. I just walk down the street with the Blu-ray. Have <laughs> 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 you heard about our Lord and Savior, Cabin in the Woods? And, uh, uh, so I've always been uh, struck by it. So I'm really excited to have a chance like to discuss a, a, it. Like a uh, real-life uh, Harbinger. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, think that's, I, think, I think it's the characters that they call the character, right? Yeah. Yeah, the harbinger is Ezekiel. Oh. <laughs> Ezekiel, my man. All right, very good. I'll go next. Um, I don't remember if I saw this in the movie theater or not. I'm pretty sure I did, but not positive. I liked it. I did not love it the first time I saw it, but as I watch it more and more, it definitely grows on me, and I've already learned to love this movie. Um, and I, I tell you, this, get this out of the way. Yeah, so the first time I saw it was either either at home or in the theater. I later saw this up in the mountains in a cabin in the woods with my friends, and that made it so much better. I'll just say that. I mean, drinking and other stuff was going on, so that helped. But uh, yeah, actually watching the movie cat, The Cabin in the Woods in the Cabin in the Woods was great. That's even more better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And, uh, all right. Well, Scott, your, your history. Uh I'd only heard about this movie. Um, I, I had some of it spoiled for me, but luckily just the, the way the movie structured, that wasn't an issue. It was like right away they they let you know that, yeah, it's not that not that kind of movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I did... Not your grandpa's horror film. Yeah. It was something that was you know, on my radar for a while. Uh, I, I actually bought the, Bru- the Blu-ray um, and just been kind of sitting on it. Um, and finally watch it for the first time uh, for for the podcast. Oh, wow. Nice. All right. Well, then let's get into it. As usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. Uh, Alex, why don't you go first? What's your number seven? Uh, my number seven, It's it's been talked about a little bit. The opening scene is phenomenal. Not only uh, the very beginning where they have the credits and you see those CG pools of blood and everything depicting a bunch of sacrificial uh, rituals that have happened throughout the years and throughout different cultures. And that is brilliant since it ties in to what the, the theme of the movie is about and everything. And then it just hard cuts into like an office scene. And I had no idea what was going on the first time I saw this. I'm like, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it's just... Uh, Rich and Brad uh, talking and, and they're saying it's like it's just down to us you know it's not the first time it's just been down to us and the Japanese and y- y- it's this giant facility it's got car- go-karts well not go-karts the golf carts to get around in and it's very perplexing it's like what the heck is going on it just sets the movie up beautifully I love it I agree, and you're you're, you're confused, and but yeah, yeah. it's really good. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> the, yeah. the big almost jump scare of the of the title card. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. True. Very few films nail the jump scare with the title card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, Damien. What's your number seven? Um. So. Do we should I structure these in a particular order? Or is it a free for all? So, so the the way I, I, I like to think about it, you don't don't have to worry about where these uh, take place in the movie. Um, I always think of it as what you feel most strongly about, whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, and then go from there. 
And those yeah. are easy to keep for the top for a number yeah, one. Yeah, the, the things you, you definitely want to talk the most about would be at the top, whether Ooh, they're good or okay. bad. Um, well, of course, this is probably true of uh, everyone else as well. Alex nailed it with uh, his choice that would normally be on my list because that is a great opening. It, I love the way that kind of, in a weird way, it, it reminded me of the famous Gene Wilder intro in Willy Wonka, how he made a point to kind of come out and do a little flip to throw people off balance so they never really understand the character for the rest of the film and always be kind of curious about what was true and what was fantasy. Mm. The fact that it opens up like that, it just throws you off. The entire film is just kind of, you never quite get your footing because you're never, you're always trying to process what just happened in that opening scene. It's so clever. Um, so I will kind of go off of that then and say I really like the scene and this is one of, I think amongst my friends who also enjoy the film this one's actually kind of divisive but I do like the scene where they're finally getting in the camper and they're driving towards the titular cabin in the titular woods and the <laughs> bird smashes into the invisible force field it's because you're just starting to kind of get your your yeah. um, sense of the film again at that point because you're, you're getting into the tropes and the the, the, the the, the, the cool music and the hip kids and all the little bit of the backstory and you kind of start to settle into okay I get it and right then there's that one last little jab they throw you to kind of again knock you off balance before it, it kind of gets the film really starts to hit its stride uh, that was a, a really cool little scene that um, did a great job of following up on the intro <laughs> uh, yeah I agree yeah. <laughs> bird hits the force he was like what the fuck was that yeah I, I, even rewatching it uh, last week it's the scene still is just always it's like wow that's a really crazy sequence and there's some people that think that it's almost unnecessary because they already had the opening scene and maybe that's you know a bit you know uh, kind of throws one too many curveballs at you early on but I always thought it was a, a one last little clever uh, nod to the fact that you know, things are not going to go as planned <laughs> over the mm -hmm. course of this film I agree, which leads into my number seven, which so that curveball in there and the scientist, I'm like, OK, so this is not going to really be a gory slasher film. Oh, no, it's a gory slasher film. <laughs> and so my number seven oh, no. is you the, gore with the zombie family. I forgot their name. But when they show up the and they're really just doing brutal murders, I was like, oh, OK, so it's not just going to be a sci fi whatever. This is a still a horror film. And I love that about this movie where you got all the meta stuff you guys are talking about earlier. And I think Damien even mentioned it. It's like it is its own horror movie in itself when that stuff starts happening where it's OK, where this is a full on slasher film. And there's some pretty gnarly stuff here. Mm -hmm. Throwing the girl, opening the door with the girl's head in his hand and throwing it at her. And uh, yeah, I was not expecting that the first time I watched this. So I was like, OK, I see what this is. Then I was like, OK, no, we still got a good horror movie here. So. Um, and there's more stuff, obviously, as the movie goes, but just that set the stage. OK, this is not only the sci fi. We're going to get awesome gore in this movie. So that is my number seven. Nice. Scott, what's your number seven? Uh, so I usually save something like this for my honorable mention when I when I think the title card is awful, which it, for some reason, the movies we pick, it usually is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. But I, I laughed out loud <laughs> when the, the title card popped up on screen at like the most mundane possible <laughs> instance. I think, I think it's yeah. like right after, after Bradley Whitford says something about um, working on his cabinets back in his kitchen. And then all of a sudden they, they freeze and the cabin in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was, that was a very clever touch um, to kind of set, set up the, the whole idea that like basically Damien went, went through it all. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that there was something different um, that, that, that sets the tone for the, okay, this is not the typical horror movie that you're going to be watching. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, Alex, what's your number six? Uh, my number six, you touched upon it. All the great kills are fantastic. And, you know, it starts off as any good horror movie. It, it builds up and it starts off kind of slow. And then they keep ramping up and ramping up the gore and the kills. And then by the end of it, everything is just like a, a dead alive bloodbath. It's so freaking fantastic. Uh, it's like crescendos at just the right spot. I agree. Uh, more I'll, to say about that later. All right, then. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. All right. All right. Damien, number six. Well, then, let's get this party started, as the line goes, before uh, he <laughs> unleashes uh, hell in that sequence when it kind of culminates in all of the monsters being let loose at the facility. It is kind of like umbrella, <laughs> like top secret <laughs> facility where they're keeping this amazing menagerie of monsters that scene is one of my favorites of it it's it's such it's so well directed it has this weird sense again of this film that kind of balances a sort of dark uh evil dead like comedy at times with its very weird meta narrative and it's also core of an actual kind of disturbing grotesque horror and that scene has that because at the same time with all these monsters released, it's just a, a visceral, grotesque bl- bloodbath that would put that puts any horror film to shame. It's still one of the most like viscerally the terrifying sequences of these various monstrosities annihilating this squad. But at the same time, it's done in such a way that it's so sudden that it has a kind of, almost like a kind of there's a certain comedy to it because the whole buildup is kind of playing on the expectations there. Uh, it's a scene that I think really encapsulates where this film succeeds. And one that is just a, an awesome sequence for any horror movie fan because there's developed all these crazy creatures you saw along the way. You just want to be like, I can't wait to see them, like, you know, mess something up. And the film does not disappoint. I, I, I do like the 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 Cenobite analog. Um, uh, you never actually yeah. see him do anything. He just keeps walking around with that <laughs> with, the, with the puzzle orb. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, that's because it's not hands that call us. It is design. Yeah. Jesus wept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Okay. Uh, what, we're on my number six now? Yep. All right. Uh, my number six, <laughs> it's a good tension release. The motorcycle <laughs> jump. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, poor Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't remember if I anticipated that happening when it happened when I first saw it. I don't think I did. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but I don't remember if I anticipated, but it's still gold. And just the, the line, the buildup of everything he's saying, I will come back no matter what I will. And then just smashes right into that thing. Because that's what yeah, heroes do. Get yeah, everything yeah. you got. That's what heroes do. Don't hold back. Never do. Oh, never do. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So, See, this is why the, the eagle shot was necessary, yeah, in my opinion, yeah. because I completely I forgotten about it. I'm like, oh, shit, just like the eagle. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I agree. So it, it was it was amusing and, and and sudden when it happens. But then they, they just keep showing him bounce against it, like all the way down. Like, it was yeah, like, 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 like Simpsons. Yeah, down exactly. Simpson Gorge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was not as graphic, but yes. Yeah. 
Weird. I, mean, I thought he was just on the Rainbow Bridge going back into uh, yeah. his home to Valhalla or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The Bifrost. Yeah. That's what it was. I like that interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> just Heimdall's there. <laughs> like, what well, took you so long for? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Why were you riding a motorcycle <laughs> when you're the yeah, guy of thunder? Just fly up. <laughs> yeah, there are easier ways. Um. Speaking of Thor, I heard, I don't know if you guys know the background of this movie. One thing I remember hearing is that they're having a hard time getting it released. And it wasn't because when this was made, he wasn't really, I mean, he was Thor, but I don't think the Avengers hadn't happened yet. Same thing with Joss Whedon. Like they were, he was still the TV guy and Thor was really Mm -hmm. nobody because this was released in 2012 after the Avengers came out. So so yeah, they they actually, he, they made this before all that and just kind of sat around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Avengers came out, which was directed by Wheaton and starring um, Chris Hemsworth. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why it finally goes, okay, let's throw this movie out. We have a, we already have a movie made by this guy. Everyone wanted to get him at the time. Like, we already have one. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I never knew that. It's interesting to think, like, what would they have done differently then if Avengers had gotten pushed or, you know, had a different kind of reception? Right. Uh, We've been straight to Netflix, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Netflix original. Um, all right. Uh, Scott, number six. Uh, number six is the... So this kind of goes hand-in-hand with the the Menagerie, which is exactly what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> I was calling it the Menagerie, too, Damien. Um, but, Fantastic. Um, later, later down my list, but uh, in kind of a smaller form, the betting board... Um, I thought that, that, I thought that was a great gag, and I didn't catch all of the stuff on there. I was I read about some of it in the trivia, uh, but the stuff I did catch was pretty hilarious. Like there was witches, and then later on there were sexy witches. <laughs> um, there was the the whole the whole joke about the 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 woman being mad. She's like, "But I picked zombies," and he's like, "No, no, no, no." You're like, "Yeah, yeah, you pick zombies." But, but what, what people had that one picked were the redneck torture zombies. <laughs> yeah, just just the different stuff Very on the board. Specific. Yeah, yeah. The the eventual, you know, I'm sure we'll talk more about the unicorn, uh, <laughs> which I thought was inspired. But that's that's on there. I, I guess in trivia, I, I didn't catch it, but just the name Kevin's on there, which supposedly <laughs> is is a reference to um, Elijah Wood's character. In oh, Sin City. In Sin City, yeah. Yeah, I think he was an inspiration for that character. Yeah, so there's oh, like... He's just a, psycho, a psychopath. Yeah, so there's like the werewolves, demons. I think there was like another like sex demons or something like that. Just just all of the different weird stuff. Uh, the I don't know if they had the name of the whatever the Cenobite creature was in there, but the Merman. <laughs> I think they did, but it wasn't like anything like Saul Head or anything like that. Yeah. It was, it was I read I, I couldn't help myself and I went to the Wikipedia to see the list of all the creatures and stuff. But I can't remember his name. So so I mean the betting board was, was ten butt. So, so, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the betting board was just like maybe not all the creatures they had at their disposal, but the stuff people actually bet on. So um, but anyways, yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the molesting trees. I think that was on the <laughs> Yeah, list. that was I think I'm pretty sure deadites were on there too. Oh yeah. Yeah, that I definitely were on there. <laughs> Fucking Kevin. Kevin. Kevin is scary. Yeah. All right. Alex, which number five? 
my number five is uh, once again all the caged demons the menagerie uh one thing that we haven't yes. talked about is i love going through the scene and trying like when they're finally going through the elevator and seeing all the different creatures and stuff trying to match them up with their cursed items in the cellar yeah. right like i can't i don't think I ever, you ever see the bride that almost got put in there the uh, <laughs> mm. the merman was of course the conch. <laughs> it's like man, he had it in his <laughs> mouth. I wouldn't see a merman. Uh, oh, what else? Uh, the little ballerina, music box. Yeah. The the yeah. sphere puzzle box, and actually the film strip that Marty was playing with that was Kevin's summoning device. They had to watch the film strip. Interesting. Yeah, a little little trivia there. Yeah, I mean the some of those paintings were probably ghosts. Um, yeah, I'm sure if, you, if, if we stopped and looked, there'd be a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. And then then I just start wondering, okay, well, what summons, like, these guys, like the guys with the masks? What summons the actual <laughs> zombies? What summons the deadites? It's a, it's a lot of uh, little stuff that you can freeze frame and, and look around. It's, it's neat. That's yeah. super cool. I, I never, yeah, I never put together some of those uh, in my mind. Now I kind of want to go back and see if, like you said, there's other ones we can piece together. That's a really, that's a really cool deep dive. Yeah, has anyone paused and like when they they pan out and they show everything to kind of see if there's any Easter eggs in there? Or I mean, I'm I sure somebody yeah, has. Has, has anyone I here done that? Nope. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. Is there a chopping mole robot in there too? <laughs> there was <laughs> something. Yeah, yeah, right? there was what, like the one... yeah I'm wondering what's what some of that. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. All right, uh, Damien, number five. Number five. Um, oh boy. I think since they just came up, I'll take the easy uh, segue over to. Every line involving mermen. It's such, such a good running gag. That is yeah. so satisfying for it to end with him dying to yeah. a merman. It's it's just great. It's one of the things that gets me every time I watch it. It's like from the throwaway lines, like how the guy's throwing away his bet. Yeah, all right, whatever, merman. And like, him just wistfully watching the, yeah. the band. Yeah, he's always so, yeah, he's so like like upset about it for the entire movie. Like <laughs> he does such a great job selling his his displeasure that the his sadness. Yeah. I just think it would have been cooler with a merman. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I love I love that entire gag. Very cool. That's my number five as well. The running gag with the merman, and then his, <laughs> de- nice. his death scene, and oh, you gotta be kidding me or whatever. <laughs> it's the worst looking thing ever, too. It is. God, it's and it does look like the cleanup is a nightmare on that thing. Yeah, <laughs> the blowhole. Oh God. <laughs> They called that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so that was my number five as well. So Scott, which number five? The uh, the Japanese schoolgirls. Um, <laughs> so I, I first thought it was funny because you don't really get to see what's going on in the other places. Really, like you kind of make out like one place there was like a some kind of giant monster. Um, yeah, I think it was like a King Kong analog. Yeah, something like that. But like it was very clear what was going on in the the Japanese skit, we'll call it, uh, with the the ghosts and and yeah, you know, they're all running around screaming. I like, oh, that 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 was funny. And then then it pans back to them, and they're 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 exercising the the ghost, 
<laughs> and turns into the, like just by singing the the Japanese lullaby. I don't know what the hell it was. And then it turns into the frog and like, oh, the spirit has returned to the frog. And they're all all the kids are like happy. And I thought that was funny enough. But then Richard Jenkins walks over the TV and just starts yelling at him like through the TV. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. How hard is it to kill nine year olds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Perfect record by ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And nice. we're show. You can you can uh... Yeah, that whole sequence is absolutely hysterical. One of the best scenes, maybe my favorite scene in the entire film. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I, 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 again, I, I do like that. Uh, on some level, it does make sense that that the Japanese would be top tier when it comes to running this yeah. foreign facility, oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking with people. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but they they underestimated the power of Japanese school children, which <laughs> yeah. is absolutely true. Like they the the power of friendship and, <laughs> and unity and love would would triumph. So that's on them. Yeah, good for the, good for the kids. Yeah, I yeah, mean they're all dead now, but I, I also did like that. Whatever facility <laughs> they had set up was a school, at least in part. Oh uh, yeah, for the, for their little death trap. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the other ones, you see flashes of like uh, Stockholm. I want to I want to talk a little bit about Sweden because it is theorized that that was like a thing scenario for Sweden. Yeah, I saw that in oh. trivia. I, don't, I wonder yeah. what was like the giveaway for. So that. I didn't catch that the first time. I just saw this building on fire, and then when I saw it in trivia, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Before I forget, is anyone to talk? Anyone going to talk about how the the game is rigged, not rigged, and all the devices they use, like the, her hair dye and stuff. Is anyone going to talk about that? Um, I, I, uh, a little a bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Then I'll wait till you guys bring it up. Because <laughs> I have some questions there. There um, you go. All right. Uh, so that was, uh, what did we just do? Number five. My number five. That was Scott's number five. So right, Alex is number four. Well, uh, it's funny that you should ask about that, Jeff, because I like the whole operation. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. And I like that the new guy is questioning him. It's like, isn't this, you know, cheating? It's like, hey, whoa. Hey, pal. <laughs> yeah, we put all the stuff there. We stack the odds against them. But they ultimately, they make their own choices. You know, even though they're putting drugs into their hair dye to make them sluttier and uh, spiking their uh, their alcohol. Uh, gassing them a little bit they're tweaking that was awesome it's like man it's it's dark in here so they tweak the lights on the set they up mm-hmm. the heat so that she takes her shirt off uh, everything is awesome fantastic and the fact that everybody's betting on them <laughs> and everybody's waiting for uh the girl to take her shirt off <laughs> they're so disappointed she's like oh it's cold it's like oh your basic human needs sicking me get out of here <laughs> Uh, yeah, all the little cameras, the little uh, the timed gas to make Chris, Chris Hemsworth like reconsider his very good plan. It's like, no, this is wrong. We should all go our separate ways and cover more ground. <laughs> stick together. Yeah, and, and Marty. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. How about when she uses the axe to kill the guy or whatever it was, and then they shock it so she just drops it so she doesn't carry it uh, around the rest yeah, of the time? I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Good point. Just a little bit. Um, so what were so how were they all being poisoned? So the one girl had her hair dyed. Um, 
they said they were trying to do something to his Wii, but it wasn't working. I missed that. Like, what did they say? Uh, what? I think they they've been uh, even before they got to the cabin. I don't know for how long, but they were spiking his weed to make it, you know, stronger or to hopefully make him more susceptible. But it had the backwards effect because it immunized them to to even stronger, you know, narcotics that they fed him at at the cabin. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I mean, they they, yeah. they kind I mean, of they kind of hand wave that a little bit. Yeah. Where they're like, this is impossible. How is he resisting? Like, and I thought that was going to come into play later, but it really didn't. I mean, what did they do to the other yeah. the other girl and he the other guy? That zombie. I think they were just spiking the beer, maybe to get Chris Hemsworth to be a bit more jockey, to be alpha male. Uh, I don't know what exactly they did to the girl or to the the new guy. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, I was I was kind of wondering about that myself. Like I, I thought maybe they were leaving her alone as far as that stuff goes. I think, I think yeah. so. But yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the, I can see the for guy, her. The other guy, yeah, I don't I don't know. They didn't Did really see. I got the impression mm-hmm. they weren't doing anything. It was only when they yeah. needed. They felt like they needed to push them into the archetypes, the, the Yumi and horror archetypes that mm-hmm. they wanted them to follow. <laughs> yeah, but, but then why do they have to do her dye, her hair dye way in advance, and then the weed way in advance? Like that was yeah. where like, they were planning it, but then True. then they were doing just last minute stuff too. So that's what I thought it was. I missed yeah. something, but, but maybe not. Maybe she wasn't slutty enough, and they had to pump her full of like pheromone hair dye. Yeah, because they have the guy on top of the building, so clearly they've been doing all that stuff in in prep. Yeah, for it. Um, hard to say. I, part of me kind of writes it off. I think part of it is honestly just because it's kind of a goofy plot, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, also, I also think some of it, like in my head, candidates because as we see how things fall apart, they're also just kind of a shitty bureaucracy, and they're just not all that good at some of the things they have tried to, you know hurry up and get the tunnel to explode and do all these different things. It's part of me talks up to them just being kind of inept at times and not oh. really knowing. Okay, so it, it, was there something behind the scenes of why the tunnel wasn't blown? Was there something? Yes. Yeah, I felt like yeah. I felt like something got cut there, yeah. No, it, well, kind of, but I, it, everybody chalks it up to Marty just messing around with the electronics in the elevator. Like there was a small glitch where they couldn't communicate oh, down to the demolitions team. Oh, yeah. yeah. okay. Because he was already down there just messing with the wires. That makes sense. Okay. 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 That's what yeah. Laura thought when she she saw. It. I'm like, I'm not sure, but that was a good. Uh, okay. That, thought. All right. That, that 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 does. I was curious about that. Okay. Um. Why? Since since we're getting questions out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> The whole point of the ritual was that they had to transgress and then be killed. So once they already started the ritual, like the the last guy could die however they wanted him to. Like the the final girl. No, no the 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 stoner. Because they're making a point that he had to die first. Um, well, he had to die before the, the last virgin. girl. Yeah, yeah. The right, right. But but the but the point is, at the end, they're just like, okay, let's just shoot him. Like, what what's preventing them from just, like, sending dudes onto the premises and just mowing them down at that point? Uh, I think it's because they went past the point of no return where they where they actually discovered the facility and everything. And they're like, you know what? Fuck it. We got to kill this guy because we have no other recourse now. They don't yeah. they don't have like an excuse to. Um, right. But, but, everybody, but everybody seemed convinced that that would save the day. 
Yeah, maybe it would have. Maybe it wouldn't have. It's kind of the impression I got as yeah. well. That it was, uh, at that point, like, how... It was not ideal, but given the actual apocalyptic circumstances, it seemed like him dying ahead of her and then them kind of going through with it was a decent chance of things, at least um, staying off the uh, the Elder Gods returning. Mm-hmm. It's the impression I'd got from it. I think also part of it could just be that, again, the plot's kind of goofy. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, then I have another question. So when they, every time they make a kill, they crack the vial or whatever, and the blood mm-hmm. goes down to feed the, the ancients. But that's mm-hmm. just random blood. It's not the blood from those victims. You know, I, I had a question about this, blood. too. Yeah, I thought that maybe months ago or something, they might have collected their blood through, you know, a doctor's visit or, you know, a donation center or whatever. Okay. Because, yeah, they give them the, whatever you said, Marty's blood, but he's not even dead. So I, I was just, yeah. I don't know. yeah that's where the earth, that, earthquake happens. Well, I've also heard that the blood that, that was from the zombie that Marty killed and that that's what um, was coming into the... Uh, yeah. relic, well, the reliquary chamber. That doesn't make sense. But they basically throws the switch. Yeah. But I mean, like they, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Those are already yeah. like pre-filled. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. That's why they don't I guess that's... just staying off elder gods. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I forgot where we just leave off on. What was that? We're on number four. Four is now. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. So Damien number four. All right. This is one of my favorite scenes because it's something I've said in everything from like pen and paper role playing games, like playing like Call of Cthulhu with friends and stuff like that, and just a general life rule. Honestly, is I'm going to draw a line in the fucking sand <laughs> and say, "Don't leave the Latin." <laughs> Damn it! This is higher in my list. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me had to calculate a risk because I love that line so much, but. I mean, it, I don't even really feel like there's that much to follow up on. It's just as a PSA in general for people who don't follow uh, horror films and never saw Evil Dead or aren't familiar with the Necronomicon or Lovecraft or um, Monster Squad, uh, any of the great horror. Uh, uh-huh. Don't read, don't read the Latin. You can see what for in it. This is quintessential yeah. Whedon, by the way, for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think a three of us here took a Latin in high school, and we'd agree. Don't read the Latin. Yeah, yeah don't fucking read <laughs> hey, it. We, we're, we're four for four on Latin Club here. Oh, Damien did yes, too? I did. Oh, wow. I did for Dang. a couple years. Yes. Dav- Damien did the real stuff, though. Oh. He, we, we, wow. we, were, we were learning Winnie Witty Wiki. He was learning Veni yeah. Vidi Vici. <laughs> <laughs> At this nice. point, I think all I recall is maybe half of a prayer and the scene and the the gunfight like stand down or showdown in a tombstone. <laughs> unfortunately, though. oh nice. Mm-hmm. Ij Kudachis. That's Latin, darling. He's an educated man. Now I know I hate him. But uh, maybe part of it's that I just tried to block it out because, again, I realized that I could accidentally open up a portal to some, uh, <laughs> some like, the, the whole, Horizon Liberate Te hellscape. Yeah, the, the, whole, the whole time they were teaching us Hikai Coke, who is, who is, who is. Yeah. We were, they were all we were working on opening up the portals of hell. 
We were pumping so, life into the ancient tongue. Yeah. <laughs> keeping alive the forbidden ancient tongue. Although, I will say, in Event Horizon's defense, that's a good reason why you should study Latin, because the difference between Liberate Te and Liberate Me is enormous in how that plot develops. Yep. It's true. Um, I will say I've forgotten 99% of my Latin, so I won't be able to read the Latin, I think, if there was part of it. funny if they started reading it and it was like, Agricola est in via. <laughs> well, nobody else got that joke, Scott. That's all right. Yes. Well, it was for you guys. Yeah, we did. We got it. In fact, I fucked it up. It would have been like Agricola and Wea est. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. Idiot. Duh. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I was. If you subscribe on Patreon, maybe you can get like a decoder ring that Scott puts together. Scott's secret Latin files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Subtitles. All right. Uh, we're on to my number four then, and it's the mm-hmm. ending. Speaking of the the ancients and the elders and everything, I just oh. was, was not expecting that for this movie. As much as it was all, you know, the meta stuff, was not expecting that ending with this movie. This movie ends, and then, but I loved it. It's gonna be cool. I wish you could see it, and then the hand comes up, and movie over. So yeah, awesome. I agree. More to say about it later. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, what's your number four now, though? Number four is the we, we we're basically going over this just now, but the the hand waving of poor decision making, um, <laughs> like through through the plot though, um, like specifically to, to as we said in the beginning to. Kind of turn some of these tropes on their heads. Um, I did like they went out of their way to, to show that that Hemsworth was his character. I don't remember any of the characters' names, but um, that his character was smart, um, and that the blonde was smart, and that uh, you know the the one guy is smart. He knows Latin. The really the dumbest one seems to be the the main protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that they're, they're like, okay, these are people. That, that are capable of making rational decisions. Um, and at points where, you know, in the horror movie where they're like, let's split up, they, they, they say, no, 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 let's, let's, let's stick together at all costs. And then, you know, they, they, they use the, 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 the gas, the Deus Ex Machina to, to, to move them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, like how they, they go out of the way to explain that, uh, like, no, we put the, we put the creepy guy at the gas station as like, like an obvious warning sign, like don't go up there. Uh, and the, uh, just them going down in the weird room. Um, like on one hand, it's so full of stuff, uh, that it seems ridiculous, but you can almost see where, where natural human curiosity would kind of take over there as they just start thumbing nope. through some of these things. No, nope. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have gone down there. I would have, I would have, nope. I've been with the one guy and uh, said, yeah, let's peace out of here. Uh, not that they would have been able to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that cellar door opening up, I would have been in the car driving away so fast. That that was a very uh, uh, – that that felt like Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was – yeah, that popped very up much Swallow yeah, Your yeah. Souls, Dead by Dawn. Yeah. Sort of a feeling. Yeah. Uh, so that, that I must admit that I guess some of the group in South Jersey with nothing to do and my friends and I would just drive around and go to abandoned houses and like explore them like we were the Ghostbusters <laughs> or stuff god like, damn yeah like I it, it, I know clearly it's a, an absurd thing to do uh, but I am guilty of having some perhaps additional sympathy and or empathy for a horrible protagonist who makes bad choices to go in a basement with curious knickknacks and uh, relics yeah. 
Because I see this act, act, you know, action park wasn't enough for you. Action park, yeah, <laughs> a little far north. That, 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 that you don't actually walk out of. It <laughs> <laughs> was too scary even for us. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just like that. They, and then everything's being controlled. Um, you know, kind of forcing them. The like, I I don't think I would have been comfortable with a a one way tunnel through the side of the mountain on a dirt road. Like hmm. at that point, like that that might have been the biggest red flag for me of all. <laughs> it's, it's like, That's every tunnel in Japan, though. Like, yeah, I got, like whatever, whatever you go to yeah. Korea, like, it's like well, narrow tunnels going through mountain ranges and things. I guess, but yeah, it's, not ideal. Yeah, yeah, not ideal. If I showed up to the camera, the cabin, and there was a low camera angle for some weird reason, then I wouldn't go either. <laughs> if, you, if you see those Dutch angles, yeah. yeah. Why did my first person perspective get really low to the ground? I don't know. Say, Remy, is that you? Uh, what? What? Speaking of the, the cabin itself, real quick, where did they come up with the poster art for that? Because that is not like that's just not the cabin. <laughs> the cabin doesn't change oh, shape. It's, it's it doesn't kind of twisted float. like a like a Rubik's cube because you know of all the machinery and stuff. No, well, that, I mean, that I, goes I, into I get, the whole ritual. I mean, I get that that what they're going for with it, but it's not representative of like what's actually in the movie. It's like in this weird grayscale. Like it's a cool poster. It just it's not, like it gave me like the wrong impression. Maybe that's what well, they're the going for. Right it's it's kind of what this you know movie's the story. all about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe that's what they're going for, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I conceived <laughs> cheated by this poster. To man my money back. It just, it just feels a little too far removed for me. <laughs> yeah, I actually jokes aside, I, I do know what you mean. The poster always did feel a little, uh, just the design of it. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Where are we now? Threes? Uh, threes? All right. Alex, number three. Uh, number three is Marty the Fool. Or Shaggy. <laughs> he's clearly supposed to be. Uh, not only is he high all the time, but he's also right about everything. It's like, oh, we're just puppets. It's like, oh, society is doomed to fail. People are just too stupid to realize it. I say just let it crumble. <laughs> and uh, before, you know, I would say, well, maybe that's taking it a little too far. But living through most of 2020, yeah, maybe he's got a point. Uh, but yeah, draw, draw. I got to draw a line in the fucking sand here. Don't read the Latin. It was great. But he almost summoned Kevin by looking at the film strip well, at the same time. Um, finding the camera. <laughs> reading Little Nemo was fantastic. Nemo, man, you gotta wake up. <laughs> this whole thing is this whole thing is topsy turvy, man. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, the fact that he overpowered the zombie and he dismembered them, and thanks to that, the the zombie arm saved his life. It's like good job, zombie arm. Ah, <laughs> oh, and at the very end, he's like, "Sorry, I almost shot you. Uh, sorry, I let a werewolf bite you. I almost kill you." <laughs> Uh, yeah. Marty, do you guys know him from other things? I remember him on Dollhouse Doll Show, the Joss Whedon show with Elijah Dusku. Ah, that's what my I know him Dana, from. My Dana, yeah, with Dana. <laughs> Nobody anyone else know him for anything else or no? Uh, no, he's probably popped up. I, he had to have popped up at some point in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
He's a weed knight. He's yeah. Giles. He wasn't yes, Giles. He was, a, he was not he was Giles. <laughs> he was in the village, it says here, and oh, training good. day, but just says college driver, so I'm pretty sure it was not big. But hot hot take. I actually really enjoyed the village. Ooh. I liked it too. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I don't hate it. I don't hate on that movie. That's, like probably, my, people, that's probably my favorite. M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, okay, now that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think what it was was Scott put it out there and he's like, got to get some pushback on the hot take. And like, <laughs> he's like, I got to put some Tabasco yeah, in this yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best movie ever then. Yeah. <laughs> AFI's got it wrong. Adrian Brody should have won an Oscar for it. <laughs> Damien, what's your number three? Um, <laughs> Hadley's watching Dana try to escape from the van after it careens into the lake, um, and uh, one of the friend gets stabbed through the neck. Zombie uh, torture uh, rednecks her uh, out to get her. And as she's just coming to the surface, it cuts to Hadley watching it on the screen, and he has this weird moment of introspection <laughs> where he's like, you know, it's strange. I'm actually rooting for this girl. You gotta admire her heart. Just imagine all, all the pain and and the. Whoa, tequila is my lady! Like <laughs> <laughs> someone comes in off screen and drinks and just immediately abandons any of that emotion instead of it. And it got me like every time I watch it, like there's that moment where you're like, you know what? You're right. Like maybe they're going to have because there's the one guy in the team who does kind of ask the, the ethical questions occasionally. Of course, it doesn't end well for him either. But you think mm-hmm. like, is anyone gonna point out like how? Even if you think it's necessary to stay off the apocalypse, it's a pretty hard, shitty thing to do to somebody. Mm-hmm. But no, no. The second killer shows up, that's all gone. And um, <laughs> any, any sense of humanity along with it. Yeah, that's great. Which leads into my number three is all this, the lab interactions, all the lab scientists interaction, whatever you want to call these guys. Specifically those two, Hadley and Citizen. That's what his name mm-hmm. is here. Uh, their stuff was awesome. But just everything. The, the bedding, as someone's mentioned earlier. Um, the party. The, just everything. You said this. It's just, I just love it. And their interaction back and forth making it like a no big deal. You talk about the bedding earlier. <laughs> the, the one intern. I'm an intern. And just trying to <laughs> weasel in on the conversation. I don't, and, I don't qualify for overtime. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the poor bastard that's like, so I heard you like the opera. I've got two tickets to the... <laughs> yeah it's like just a, just a daily job for them normal yeah. <laughs> ho-hum uh it was pretty good but those two specifically they they make they're the comedy in this movie uh, them and marty i guess so that's my number three uh scott all right uh so my number three is the menagerie um i think specifically for me it's it's when they uh start seeing them in the elevator and they pull out and you see them all like in these uh, mm. in, in their different. So that, that was also confused. Yeah, cubes like how exactly they got funneled into the elevators didn't seem quite clear. But um, yeah, just just and you can't catch them all in like the brief glimpse. And I thought that was cool. 
rather than try to show any more than, than they already did. Um, interesting that they're all contained too. Uh, they they talk about that the the monsters are all from the old world, but I do I I did like how they don't really explain how they got any of these monsters, yeah. <laughs> or how they keep them. You know how they return them when they're done. Like they they don't really explain any of that, and it's fine. We we don't really need to know. Uh, but yeah, just that, and then as as you guys said earlier, just how they were all connected. I thought that was a really cool idea, um, especially for a horror film. Um, you know, that, that built intention of which is going to be the one. And honestly, the they they picked kind of like a boring option. I thought, <laughs> like like the kind of the zombie hills have eyes kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but at that point, you don't. Sorry, you don't know what's really going on, like right. So, well, at that point, I think I think they did a good. I I thought the script did a really good job of setting up, like us as the audience, realizing that's what that 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 was going to happen. Like, okay, yeah, we we obviously didn't know. We obviously merman showed up. Yeah, (laughs) what were these cabin people? No, like obviously, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, like we don't know what links to what at at that point. But we did know that, like, one of the, like, whatever they wind up messing with is going to be the thing. Like, that's what I was waiting on as I was watching it. I, th- I thought they, they, they set that up on purpose. Like, they wanted us to know that. Because um, they mentioned, like, them going into the cellar a couple times. Um, and, yeah, just the zombies was kind of a, to, to be, like, the, the main monster. But as you guys said, there's, like, the movie within the movie. Um, so that, that makes sense to have more standard. Yeah. Yeah. But especially when they're setting up like all the big kind of special effects monsters at the end yeah but but we know it scott so but what we know but not the not chris hemsworth and friends like what if that 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 robot with the blade just showed up and started, that would be so <laughs> it doesn't fit the camera <laughs> right, the right, yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm about saying that it, it, it should have been the robot instead should have been a unicorn uh, yeah the unicorn would have yeah. been amazing <laughs> uh yeah i, I mean it, work, it works for the movie um, yeah. Like I'm, kind of, kind of, I, I'm, I'm with Bradley Whitford. I want to see the merman. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Although the merman seems like it would have been pretty easy to run away from. <laughs> as, yeah, long, as long as you can stay I, on land. Yeah. How would they have gotten the kids in the water? What mechanisms would they have used? Caught everything on fire. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, so now we're on to number twos. Alex, which number two? Uh, Rich, Rich and Brad. You guys, I don't know their last names. I just know them as Rich and Brad. The guys from The Office. What? Um, they were in the they office. Were in the office? <laughs> uh, fantastic. The uh, the interplay between them was great. You know that they've been working for years, and that they're friends and everything. And I love the moments <laughs> where they're like you know, a little bit serious and then they they immediately cut to something hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just staring off into the screen like and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this must really weigh on him like a lot. <laughs> it's like, I just I wanted to see a merman. <laughs> <laughs> Their performances uh, are amazing. Yeah, I know. I think the only bit where they got serious was uh, on the first kill when they were doing like the little prayer and they kissed their 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 necklaces and then they threw the lever i think that was the only like time when they were kind of serious and it was great 
when the when the, when he was talking about you, well, you guys messed it up. It's like we didn't mess it up. It was a glitch from upstairs. And then, like, you could see the shock in his face. And then the red phone starts ringing. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, they got serious when that phone started ringing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Shut the fucking music off. <laughs> All right, Damien, number two. Well, that's an easy layup then. My number two is two words. Sigourney Weaver. <sighs> Are you ready, Weaver? <laughs> I'm ready, Cooney. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, unexpected. Absolutely. I wish every film had uh, unexpected Scorny Beaver. I was like, this <laughs> when, I, when I watched the first time, I was like, as if this film couldn't get any better. This is a, my mind was blown. I was like, and I get Scorny Weaver. What? Amazing. She she seems to this seems to be her bag these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen her do it in a couple her. other movies recently. Yeah, or she did Paul. Paul, she was like the guest uh, oh. big bad at the end, too. Spoilers. If you haven't seen it. God, she's not credited with anything for a little while now. Except for Avatar 2, Avatar 3, Avatar 4, <laughs> Avatar 5. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> That's her list. Avatar is perpetuity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, my number two is... Uh, yeah, don't read the Latin. That was genius. <laughs> you, you already mentioned it. I got to draw a line in the sand here. Just don't read the Latin. Yep. Don't read the Latin. Don't solve the puzzle. Don't blow into the conch. Don't put on the necklace. Don't watch the film. <laughs> it's like all that shit. Yeah. So what? Are, all right. So the guy, the guy does turn on the the ballerina thing, doesn't he? Yeah, but it, it might have had to complete. Or something yeah. before the, the, the spell was uh, completed. Yeah, yeah. before it actually reminds, summoned her. That kind of reminds. Did you ever watch the Friday the Thirteenth TV show? I don't yes. remember at all. Oh, yeah, it's a good show. Curious Goods, Lewis Bonnardi's, and the um, Cursed Relics. They kind of reminded me of those various items, and yeah, they have little triggers. So I guess it didn't quite get to that point, but came close. With the mm-hmm. ballerina. Did, did you? Because we're talking about nerd stuff. Did you ever watch Warehouse 13? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That was basically that show, but a little yes, lighter yeah. and harder, I guess, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was good, too. Yeah. Enjoyed it. All right. Scott, number two. Number two is the merman payoff. Uh, <laughs> you can't like, be kidding me. Like, you you knew, you knew the merman was going to show up at some point to eat him. Like, <laughs> at, at, least, at least after they got to the facility. Um and then, yeah, it starts slowly crawling toward him. And then the uh, you're like, oh, the thing is pretty grotesque. Because they're like telling him, like, oh, those things are, are, are nightmares to clean up after. They're just horrible. And then the the blowhole with the blood. Like, that's genius. So <laughs> I I enjoyed I, I think I enjoyed seeing the monsters run around more than I did, like, the blood and gore in this. Like, on that score, I think for me, the movie's just OK. Um but the blowhole, <laughs> like you can't, you can't write that. <laughs> and then it, truth stranger than fiction. Yeah, and you just they they mm-hmm. they spend the whole movie setting it up, and it's totally worth it. All right, Alex, number one. My number one is just this movie is a complete love letter to the horror genre as a whole, and it's fantastic. 
I love all the nods to different movies, all the different monsters, all the different genres. Uh, they got a Kraken that pops in <laughs> for a split second to take that lady. They got the rapey trees from uh, the Evil Dead. Uh, they even have like a Native American like type of spirit that you see like for a half second scalping somebody. So, yeah, different demons from all these different cultures and uh, different genres of movies. I, I love it. Yep, very good. I love the two. Right, Damien, number one. My number one uh, has been discussed, but I have to revisit it because it is is truly my favorite part. It is when the Japanese schoolgirls defeat the uh, (laughs) evil spirit and trap it in the frog. I think it's how the assembly too. He's like, "Oh, they're over here singing I love Shinto' or whatever." And meanwhile, <laughs> I love Shinto. It's <laughs> so flippant, dismissive comment because he's so mad that now it falls to them to actually do this. The the fuck you to the little schoolgirls on the screen is one of the scenes that like my friends I still laugh about to this day it's so good and um, speaking of their interactions there is a line he says that's one that I will come back to again to this day and I'm trying to think of the exact context but he's talking to one of his office um, one of the other people in the office and he just looks at him dead and he's like more than anything <laughs> more than anything else uh, I just want this conversation to end <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that was with the with the interns like well what should I do oh, what should I I want this moment to be over that's yeah. it yeah <laughs> it's like more who should I bet on <laughs> it's just more than anything else I want this moment to be over <laughs> it's such a jackass <laughs> line it still still cracks me up so um that's the Japanese schoolgirl scene is absolutely legendary. The reaction is perfect. Uh, it just to be encapsulates everything that makes this movie so unique and so great. I agree. This was my, one of my honorable mentions. Didn't quite make my list, but all the cuts back and forth. The Japanese stuff is great. <laughs> all right. Uh, my number one. Before I get to it, though, I just figured out another thing that Marty is from. And Alex, you should have known this. Hmm. Hmm. An episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <gasps> yeah? Who pooped the bed? You guys got turd? Oh, it's, it's, oh it's, shit. He's the, the grad student, right? He's not even the scientist. Uh, damn it. He looks so different. <laughs> oh, clean shaven, clean cut. And he's I think he's a little bit uh, skinnier because he looks, I mean, he's got a lot of layers on, but he looks like a little bit yoked. Well, it's funny. The trivia, they, they said that that's the reason he doesn't jump into the lake. Is that he's actually like more shredded than the other two actors, and it wouldn't make and it wouldn't make any sense, like for him to be in that much shape. So he always wears baggy clothes and didn't get in the water. Wow. Huh. Mm. You guys got turd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take a look at it. I just want to look at poop. <laughs> <laughs> See some wolf hair here. Inconclusive. Inconclusive. <laughs> it could be either one of us. <laughs> All right, my number one, but you guys have already mentioned it, uh, the menagerie, the the release, the beast scene, as I have here on my list, um, just awesome. That that pan out, and then just everything going crazy, and just trying to just find what you know. I'm sure if you watch this ten times, you'll you'll follow one monster and just watch it do its yeah. thing the entire time. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it um, was in there. Yeah, it, yeah it, it was. It, it definitely was. <laughs> I, I feel like the monster release scene actually cuts too, if I recall, with someone's half half of someone's torso hitting the camera. 
Like, the <laughs> Probably. monsters like rip apart this one guy. And I think like the um, yeah. the graveyard shift bat is down there, but like something else like rips the guy in half and like they throw his corpse and it like basically is the transition. What is it? it's such a brilliant mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So that that's the thing where this movie is just it's, it's I mean a bunch of it sets it apart, but that's just like it's like watching one of those movies where like uh what was that that movie that just came out this year based on the book the video in the video game in the cyber world and Tron? No. Ready Player One. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like that. That whole scene at the end where you're just, you're just yeah, looking yeah. for all the eye candy and all your nerd stuff. Oh, there it is. There it is. There's Voltron. <laughs> there's this. There's that. So. All right. That's my number one. So, Scott. Cheers. Uh, my number one, I, I don't, maybe this wasn't the intention, but uh, <laughs> it, it, I, I was really trying to follow like how the movie was going to end, like what her decision was going to be. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Um, just from a, like a philosophical standpoint, uh, the, uh, so that, that, that I, I had to look this up. I didn't know this off the top of my head, but, um, there's this thing called Blackstone's ratio. Um, and it's the whole thing of better that, that, that 10 men, 10, uh, guilty men go free, uh, rather than one innocent man, be, be imprisoned um, is like paraphrasing the original quote. And that's been changed over the years to like better that like a hundred guilty men go free rather than imprisoning like one free man, you know? So you, you kind of up the stakes on that choice here to she either kills him or dooms all of humanity. Um, and so she, she chooses like ultimately, even though, you know, the gun gets pulled away from her and everything, um, she gets bit by the werewolf. Uh, so the decision kind of gets taken out of her hands. Um, but like, that's like the ultimate dilemma, the, the whole greater good thing. Uh, and I, and I like that, that they went, she went with like technically. So here, here's where I don't know if it's actually the moral choice. I think it is. Um, <laughs> like that. Note to self: If Scott Scott's not going to save my life, it means staying off the apocalypse. Yeah, or no? I, that's the problem. Is I would save your life. Oh, thank you. But it would be the doom of us all. So, <laughs> um, I, I just thought that was interesting. Just like a, a twist on on that whole idea. Um, and we we kind of saw that a little bit with uh, at World's End. <laughs> In a, in a much different yeah. way but um, yeah I just I, I really like that um, yeah that's what it came down to and they're like yeah fuck it like I, I love that both of them are like fuck it <laughs> at that point you know who knows maybe because emotions were running so high and they're exhausted and uh, literally being chewed on uh, they were like you know what we, we had a good run <laughs> I think she says um it's it's time for to give somebody else a chance. Uh, you know, what exactly that mm-hmm. means? Because all humanity is going to be wiped out, according to the uh, to the people running that that whole facility. Um, we don't know, mm-hmm. but I, I did like that that, it, that that that's how the movie basically ended was was them saying fuck it. Yeah, I love it. Foreshadowed from the very beginning, pretty much too. <laughs> All right. 
Good job, everybody. Let's rate this movie. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven, one being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. And for Damien, I'll let you know here. I don't know if Alex, how well he explained it. Um, <laughs> so a four is like right in the middle, right? So you, you liked it. You didn't like it. You didn't dislike it. It's right in the middle. Everything below a four is levels of disliking. Everything above four every, uh, levels of, of liking. Seven. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. we'll do Alex first, but then we'll, get, we'll come to you. <laughs> Alex, what would you rate this movie? Uh, this is a strong, strong six for me. Okay. I'm, I'm not that much of a horror genre fan, but I do like some horror movies, and this one's like top tier for me. So this is this is a strong six. <laughs> okay, uh, Damien. I'm gonna have to mull this one over for a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a seven. All right, very good. Uh, this is a six for me. It's on the lower end of a six, but the fact that I like it and I've seen it multiple times now for me falls into that six category. Scott, um, give this a five. Hater of the year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I so I enjoyed it. Um, it's the poster, isn't it? It's the poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just thought it better with a merman. Yeah, if it just, it just yeah, the merman. It'd been like the, the the literal cabin that was in the woods. Uh, but but seriously, uh, I I I don't know where like the movie kind of left me. It didn't leave me sour, but I, I can't really put my finger on why I didn't enjoy it more. Maybe it was just one of those things where it had been so hyped that. Because I didn't completely love like the, the whole thing from beginning to end, um, that, I, that I didn't walk away uh, a little more um, excited about what I just watched. Um, but but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, five. Actually, following up on your ending conversation from your your number one point, I'm curious if if anybody feels like this is a film that would warrant a sequel or maybe even a prequel if in fact things do go completely south after the make. So I think. I think the sequel is pretty much like impossible. <laughs> like yeah. I think it's pretty clear that yeah. like they're all fucked. Um, the prequel would be interesting though to to see like like how maybe another another country's ritual. Maybe yeah. if they succeed. Well, they have to succeed, really. Or maybe not. Maybe if it's another country that fails, but then you know the good Japanese point. pull it out. That's a, that's a really good point, Alex. Yeah. Or what if somebody is controlling the ancients? In another control room. Wow. <laughs> Mind blow. That just blew my mind. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, what yeah, what if like Brazil is like, whoo, save the day. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> that's a great point. Um, All right. Um I I, I, we can't we can't talk about the unicorn enough, by the way. Okay. Unicorn. Unicorn. That's awesome. Yeah. Unicorn awesome. justice. <laughs> just corned that guy up <laughs> sure did alright guys I have to go have a restroom break real quick and then we'll do crossover All right. break. you said restroom break liar <laughs> same sound effect for both and we're back <laughs> wow time flies yeah. alright it's time for our top Tropes in movies. I, I forgot how we do this. Good save, Jeff. (laughs) 
I don't know either. We don't do, we don't do this. <laughs> oh, what's our crossover list, Alex? Our top five uh, horror movie tropes. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, what's your number five? Uh, my number five, and this one uh, I kind of hate, is tripping while running away. When there's Ooh. the hot girl and she's running and then she just trips on fucking anything, on thin air. And it falls and run away. And sometimes she gets back up. Sometimes she, it ends in a in a cool kill. But uh, that one, I think, is my most overused trope, and I hate it. That that was like my biggest gripe about VHS last week. Yeah, a lot of tripping and falling. Mm. All right, uh, Damien, what's your number five? Making out gets you killed. Not even oh, not even the sex in these too, days. Yeah. Just. just just like not leaving room for Jesus. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> exactly. You gotta leave a little room for Jesus in there. Uh, Kurt and Jules did not. Uh, it ended poorly. Well, the well, I guess yeah. The other two were making out. So did go. Yeah, well, didn't go all that well for yeah, yeah. Buddy, There's a point. buddy, either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, my number five is the big bad is not dead. It takes multiple. Mm. Attempts of killing your bad, or, or even so, just disabling enough to get away. Yeah, yeah. So, which Alex remember us going to see Club Dread, and they they do that, <laughs> yeah, to the twelfth degree in that movie, and then <laughs> our friend that was with it, he's not dead. No shit, it's, it's happened twelve <laughs> times. The Joker about every single time. Yeah, that was great. All right, Scott. Uh, number five is the best of intentions. Like having good intentions in a horror movie is pretty much the worst thing you can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like unless unless you're like focused on like your survival, maybe the survival of like people around you, you're fucked. Like don't yeah. don't be like don't like- be like uh, like in Ringu trying to rescue the bones. They go no 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 no. Don't mm-hmm. just don't bother. She never sleeps. Yeah. yeah don't don't rescue <laughs> Mom, Roots. why'd you fucking do that? She never sleeps. Yeah. Gosh. Don't don't try to rescue women being sacrificed and addicts on super creepy houses. Like <laughs> Yeah. We gotta go back. Oh, 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 God. I hate it. You dumb like, bastard. We gotta go back and get them. No. No, you don't. Yeah, just they're done for. Yeah, just going out of your way beyond just like survival is just never gonna work out well for you. All right, uh, Alex, number four. My number four is the creepy good guy, which is kind of like the Harbinger, except he was an asshole. But there's a few movies where you know, they come across like this this creep, but he's actually trying to warn him, and it turns out ah oh, the killer was in the car the whole time. Boo Radley. There, yeah, there, Boo was, Radley. there was there was a uh, bunch of exploitation films in the. Late 80s, early 90s, they're all about like sorority girls being chased by slashers. And they always starred this one guy that I swear to God was like the key grip. Like he couldn't act, <laughs> but he but he was just this big kind of lumbering, like vaguely creepy looking dude. And the whole the whole gag was that he, like he kept coming after these girls and they would like fuck him up. Like <laughs> Like, they would, like, staple stuff to his face. Like, he'd get, like, stabbed. And 
the whole time he's just trying to help them from the real killer. Like, like it's, yeah. and it was the same guy in like two or three of these movies. Um, but anyways, uh, the, yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. the we I don't think we talked about the uh, the the phone call, the speakerphone call. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Come on, speakerphone. Hey, Zeke. Babe, what's going on? <laughs> and he goes on. Wait, am I still on speaker? <laughs> awesome. Anyway, yeah, once he's off speaker, he goes back into his... Yes. <laughs> Beware. All this voice. It's great. All right. Damien, number four. Uh, number four. Doing drugs will get you saved. Uh, generally, drugs go into the vice category. That's a death sentence for you in uh, horror films. But in this case, it actually saved Marty's life. And at least for a little while. <laughs> so yeah, it's a trope to see played out with a film like this. A lot of it's taking those and turning them sideways. So I thought that was neat. Nice. All right, uh, my number four, uh, I think Alex already mentioned, it's the girl falling when she's running. Um, I enjoy it, though, just because you just, it's, it is what it is now, right? It is the trope. Everyone knows it's going to happen, and it just make I just, it's hilarious. <laughs> no grown person falls that much running. Not even toddlers fall as much running as these girls do in these movies, and it's, uh, and they're always in their underwear. It's great. <laughs> number four. <laughs> You can do a Mythbusters for stuff like this and like actually go out into the woods at night and just see how far you can make it before you do actually trip over a root. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. R- R- Especially R- if they're... R.I.P. Grant Yamara. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Wow, Scott. Why are you bringing that up? You're just talking about Mythbusters. I know, yeah. but still. All right. <laughs> I don't know if we ever talked about it. It's sad. I don't think we did, and he deserves it. We'll talk about it later. But Alex, or Scott, what's number four on your troop? Number four is uh, the teleporting villains of monsters. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Because yeah. we rarely ever see their point of view. They're just always, like, magically where you are. <laughs> which is, which is mm-hmm. even funnier when they're just kind of lumbering along, a la Mike Myers style. Um, and somehow they always manage to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh so. Which in the video game, yes. which was unfortunately discontinued Friday the 13th, where mm-hmm. you can go into like that uh, first person mist mode with as Jason and teleport around the, the campground where you think the other the the kids are. That's fantastic. Oh, so I was just going to mention that, Alex. That was a cool little fe- I never played the game, but actually that's one of the few games I actually watch people play. And that was yeah. cool. A little feature that if you were the killer, if you were Jason, you got to just teleport ahead of everybody they could be driving away in a car and you can just pop out in front of them and <laughs> that was cool mm-hmm. all right uh damien number four number four the bridge is out uh in this case they managed to just barely um get the tunnel destroyed uh, but it's always there's always a tunnel or a bridge or in this case a invisible force field or something that conveniently or, or whether you, you gotta go whether keeping the boats away or uh, yeah yeah exactly yep That'd be Very cool. Well, that leads my number three, which is the same thing. It's the disconnect from the outside world, whether it's a blocked road, a bridge, internet's down, uh, you're on a spaceship and you can't get out, you're <laughs> in a haunted house, the doors are locked, anything like that. Um, I, I love that. No service. Exactly. Like you pretty much like you always have to have no service these days. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, Scott, number three. My number three. So. <sighs> Now that I'm reading this again, uh, this is less of a, a trope and just more of like a, a, maybe an element to horror movies. But um, 
always part of the tension, part of part of things that makes horror movies uncomfortable is that the protagonist walking away is never assured. Um, and even like that, that's not assured in any movie really, but you, you, you're pretty sure like when you walk into like commando or that even if, even if he was somehow going to die at the end, he was going to commando. He was going to like kill a bajillion dudes, uh, you know, like, you know, like Schwarzenegger movie or something like that. Like action movies. Like there's going to be all kinds of asses being kicked before they're eventually taken down. Uh, where in a horror movie, if they somehow manage to just scrape by, they're still never like, you're never, never 100% sure. I'm not even talking about like the, them showing the, the hand being thrown up out of the grave or the, the, the whatever the little stinger is to show them that, yeah, the protagonist got away, but the, the evil they were they're up against isn't completely defeated. Um, so I'm not even talking about that, but just that protagonists themselves, there's, there's never any guarantee. Like there's, you never know whether you're going to get the happy ending or not. And I think that's one of the, some of the appeal to the horror movies <laughs> with spring rolls. Always ask for the spring rolls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're still, we're still doing, we're still doing phrasing. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number two. Uh, well, my number three is that sex equals death. Wait, number three or number two? Yeah, my number three because we skipped me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we'll say something but, earlier next time. Uh, I didn't realize it until now. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, well, I'm just going to hot take. Sex is great. And it shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't automatically have you get you killed. It's a thing in horror movies, and it's like, eh, I don't want to mix, you know, my bloodbaths with sexy, sexy times. Uh, eh. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but moving on to my number two is I mostly, I mostly hate jump scares, and every movie has to have them, and it's usually like uh, a big uh, visual thing and a giant noise that accompanies it to like really emphasize startling the crowd. And I hate those, but I really like the ones that are just visual or just like in the background and there's like no sound at all. And it just makes your heart jump into your throat. So quick, quick, like in, quick. Uh, go, sorry, go ahead, Alex. No, like in The Sixth Sense where you're just seeing Haley Joel Osment walk around the house and then or he's in the kitchen and you just see this other lady because, you know, the mom is somewhere else. And this other lady just walk by and, you know, that that made me lose my breath for a little bit. No sound, no nothing. Just, just a lady walking by. Awesome. Yeah. So let me say, for do you not like jump scares, or do you don't like cheap jump scares with loud sound? Uh, cheap ones, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a difference there. Jump scares are good, but when they just play a sound really loud to scare you, like okay, cool. Like, I'm a movie director. I'll just walk up behind somebody and slap my hands. They're gonna get scared, <laughs> right? Like that's stupid. Yeah. So directing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> mini, mini crossover. Um, just off the top of your head, like what, what's the biggest jump scare, at least, at least the last few years since we've been doing the, 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 the Halloween podcast, maybe for you guys, the movies that we, that we've done for the podcast, if you can remember, or Damien, just one you have in general, like for me, uh, the, the one that comes to mind first is from the conjuring when she jumps off the closet. On. Yeah, that was gonna say that. That one. fucking oh, freaked me out. Jesus. Like I'm usually yeah. like I, I have no idea whether whether I jump I, I jump easily or not. But 
Um, like that one fucking got me. Like it, most of the movies we watch, I'm usually not jumping, but um, that one fucking got me. Yeah. That and the Minox on the Millennium Falcon in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good you Get away, too. you Phantom beastly thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yarg! <laughs> There's a, I think, one of the, it's a bit of a, it's a shade or two off of a, a traditional jump scare, but one of the things that traumatizes most as a child to this day, um, gives me the willies, is the Twilight Zone, the movie, Terror at 20,000 Feet remake um, of the Shatner classic with John Lithgow, where at one mm. point he's looking out, he has the shutter closed, and there's a scene where he can't resist the temptation to look out the window, and he throws open the shutter, and the gremlin is right there staring at him. That scared the living hell out of me as a kid. And I had my bed next to a, like, a window in my bedroom, and I would like, make sure I had like, a blind. As much as I could put there, like a, a stuffed animal, anything, pillows, just the idea of like even peeking out the window and accidentally seeing like that gremlin was anathema to everything I could imagine. That scene terrified me unlike you any did, other. Did you put an evil clown in front of the window? That's how scared you were looking out the window. <laughs> Put my yeah, put, like, of Porter guy, yeah, the Porter guy is like put your my little, little buddy doll up like, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. my pet monster, my buddy. What was what was his name? Uh, Teddy Teddy Ruxpin. Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin. Ruxpin. Toss yeah. him over there. Yeah, you name it. Child's play, Chucky. He's got sure. a right. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, put a Chucky doll. I'll take my chances. <laughs> All right, I don't know where we left off. If it's Scott's sub sub, his meta trope. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we're on twos, right? So, yes. Is that your two? Did you finish? Um, so my number two uh, trope is. The wait, wait. Sorry, did I do my number two? No, I think so. I don't think Damien. Damien, do you number two? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Then we left with Alex number two. Okay. So yeah. Damien. Um, my number two is let's investigate. Uh, I was of course, <laughs> putting myself yeah. squarely in this category of dum dum. Because uh, I had this sort of, I believe I had plot armor when I was younger And we, we were going out <laughs> investigating Plot armor <laughs> These things um, And uh, sometimes actually we did have some, some spooky Spooky, scary um, events happen So I don't recommend people try this in real life uh, But they certainly do try it in the film And when the Evil Dead trap door opens up uh, Down they go into the spooky basement And, uh, you know, hilarity ensues <laughs> Yep it's like no, don't, don't check it out. He's easy there, Wahlberg. <laughs> what? What? No. <laughs> uh, my number, my number two is it kind of leads into the jump scare, but not really. It's camera tricks misleading viewer. So it's the person looking in the mirror, mm. and and the camera will be in a such they leave enough room in the frame right for something to fill in. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays they know that the viewer knows it's expecting that. So it's actually going to come from the other side or it's just going to come at a totally different time. But all those camera tricks that directors try to get you to, you know, to get you get you the scare. But now how they're battling with the viewer over time to make sure that, you know, we're not on to them, which I always think is great. I think I mentioned this when we did do the omen um, that the uh, director, Dick Donner, was talking about. Yes, he dislikes smoke. And he was also talking Damn about um, <laughs> the scene where the, his head gets chopped off and it's rolling on the plate glass. And that they had they did the timing just right based on the fact that, OK, we know the 
viewers are going to close their eyes, the scaredy ones, and then open it. And they had to make sure that time was right. So the head was still rolling in the frame when they opened their eyes. All that little stuff like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's brilliant. Cheesy yeah. puffs. So, <laughs> yeah. Camera tricks, misleading viewer, you know, mirrors closing and opening, all that fun stuff. That's my number two. Scott. Uh, my number two. So Horde doesn't have a monopoly on this, but the Mega Gore. Uh, specifically, like 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 the stuff in Cabin in the Woods is 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 fun. That's the the big draw. Body horror, not so much <laughs> as as we went over with on like the fly. Um, yeah, it just makes oh. you kind of squirm. Uh, but the mega mega gore, like the, there there was a, a funny gag when they 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 go back to the camera finally goes back to the the elevator lobby. And <laughs> yeah, it's it it just like covered from ceiling to floor in blood and gore. <laughs> and then something just drops from the ceiling. Yeah. Like uh, just some some additional bit of viscera that had been stuck there. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's that's always a lot of fun. The 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 blowhole. Uh, like, yeah, just the a lot of stuff. Zombie movies are great for this. Um, yeah, just the mega gore. Mm hmm. Mega gore. All right, <laughs> Alex, number one. My number one is I kind of like uh, maybe not specifically the final girl, but when the big bad gets its come up in specifically in, in slasher films, uh, when, when it, it's kind of like a thing where the audience finally, you know, at the end of the movie, it's been building up and you finally get to fight back against this son of a bitch that's been terrorizing you for like 90 minutes. Uh, so yeah, I like it when uh, they get their comeuppance. All right, very cool. Damien, number one. Latin. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it. So just Latin specifically, or any kind of old oh, mythos. Good, good, good. Problem. <laughs> true. Yeah, do we have Aramaic or Greek or is there? Yeah. Um, cuneiform could might end poorly. Uh, Sanskrit. Yeah. That, Sanskrit. All right. Yeah. I, I actually maybe uh, revisit my, my thought on this. It is ancient ancient tongues. I revise it. There go. Ancient tongues. <laughs> nice. No, don't want to don't want to mess with Nile Arthotep. No, he's talking about the crawling chaos man. He's coming for you. <laughs> um, all right. My number one is the final girl trope. I always find that fun. And movies and it's been there and it's slasher films specifically, right? So, mm -hmm. final girls, thank you, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, thank you. All right, Scott. Uh, mine's kind of like Alex's and yours, and that's just surprising badasses. Well, I was like this in horror movies where they 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 take someone who's seemingly unassuming at first, um, and by the by the end of the movie, um, they they become quite formidable um in having to to face whatever horrors and 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 pain as they point out specifically in this movie um to to be able to to overcome the whatever needs to to be done uh like it's you know both alien alien and aliens uh you know the ultimate um like Cameron did does this great you know you get the he he didn't he didn't do the original Ellen Ripley, but definitely elevated her in Aliens, all time hero, hero heroine, mm -hmm. 
Um, oh, yeah. Did the same thing, though, for um, Sarah Connor. Um, the, yeah, like, like you said, Jeff, uh, more often than not, it, it is women. Um, but again, it's always cool to, to see them either get away or, or turn the tables uh, a great scene is one of the Hills Have Eyes movies one of the, the newer ones um, has a great scene at the end uh, where she she busts in to where they're all like hanging out basically <laughs> and just starts going to town on them uh, it's fucking great um, but, uh, yep surprising badasses uh, you're kind of Forging the crucible of the whatever these movies are. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, I'm reading, like, I'm looking up uh, Final Girls to see what's their exact definition. And there kind of is, but I was just looking at examples. And uh, Lord, I said, thank you, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, <laughs> the ultimate badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't think of it. That's her face. Laurie Strode, yeah, anyway. Um, Jimmy Lee Curtis. Yeah, according to this, they have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So yeah, Sally's character. And then uh, Black Christmas. And The Last House on the Left. Those all came before, according to this, Halloween. So I, I apologize to those movies. I have not seen Last House on the Left, nor Black Christmas. I heard they're both great, though. Hmm. Have you Have you yeah. seen Thanksgiving? White meat, dark meat. It all gets carved. Oh, all will get carved. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it. I had two honorable mentions, and you guys both talked about them. Uh, the having sex and then the, the split up, let's stay together stuff. Yeah. Don't go in there. A uh, trope uh, <laughs> that... Just don't go in there. That uh, <laughs> police are completely useless. Don't do that. Don't do that. In, in horror movies. Yeah. What about Deputy Dewey? <laughs> an, an individual cop can be useful. But like, yeah. like as, as like an entity, they're, they're next. Like, it's like uh, not a horror movie, but, you know, Big Trouble in Little China. Cops got better things to do than to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also doesn't show up all the time but especially after Scream it became a little more prevalent to have like the character in the know the Randy archetype that you see in yes. the case of Marty in Captain yeah. yeah yeah alright well with that it's time for Alex Knows Sports I'm Alex and I like sports sports ball uh, so uh, this Bill O'Ryan he got uh, he got Bill O'Brien B.O.B. As his uh, teammates called him, uh, he got fired. Oh, Nobody knows why. Is he not a coach? Not anymore. Right, so he didn't have teammates? Well, uh, you know, the refs and other coaches, right? Uh, what? So so what happened exactly? I don't know. Uh, they don't know. <laughs> They're Everybody's perplexed. They don't know why they would fire Bill O'Brien right now. When the Texans are apparently uh, zero dash four, maybe it's because they're home four. I think I think uh, some mysteries will just never be solved, Alex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I speaking of horror, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would four start is pretty like, terrifying. Who, I 
I guess like there's a lot of ego and money involved, but Chimney Christmas, who who would want to be a head coach? Like just you're at you're you're basically at the whim of whoever the owner is, and they'll just fucking fire you whenever they feel like it. Except for Jerry Jones for I some would. reason, who's surprisingly loyal. I would. Yeah, I mean he stuck with Garrett for uh, yeah. time since time immemorial. Yeah, yeah. But like everybody gets fucking fired. Like it like why would you put up with that? Why would you why would you ever want to put up with that? I don't know. Because they pay you millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Piles and piles of money. That probably helps. Yeah, that's true too. The inches that we need are all around us. <laughs> so they definitely do it for that. And also, it's interesting because despite the fact that you get canned a lot, like it's an interesting industry because there's a, you then will get rehired immediately. That's true. By someone and a direct immediate competitor or like in the uh, same industry. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very incestuous. Mm. Yeah. All there right. It is. All right. It's time for Neem News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right. Uh, running late. Uh, so I finished, I, I've been touting this for a couple of uh, podcasts now, but I finished mm-hmm. the second season of Harley Quinn, uh, currently on HBO Max. I'm not sure if it's viewable elsewhere, uh, but I cannot, again, rec- recommend this enough. Um, this is probably the favorite thing that I've watched, um, that I've watched since the beginning of the quarantine. Um I absolutely love this. Um, I, I guess they're already have signed on for a third season. I don't know if they're working on it yet with everything going on, but um, I, I very much look forward to, to this. So again, if anybody likes DC at all and animation um, or doesn't mind animation anyways, Jeff, uh, <laughs> I, I totally... What you re- talking about, B-Man? Totally recommend this. Um, just don't watch it in front of any kids. Um, so there's that mm-hmm. and just a little bit of video game stuff. I, I was another thing I was talking about a little bit. Uh, Damien, you might appreciate this. Um, on the Switch, they have the the Nintendo Online service, and if you have it, you can get a bunch of old Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. And with the whole Mario thing going on, one of the things that mm-hmm. popped up was a on the SNES side was a, a game. It's all in Japanese, so I don't even know what to call mm-hmm. it. But it was a, a puzzle game um, where you, you chip off pieces based on numbers. And I have not been able to stop playing this. And I, I was I was trying to like like I, I, I didn't like bother looking up to see what to call it or anything. Like all Texans and Japanese. Um, but I, I was describing this game to somebody and I was like, it's like it's like Picross. And then it hit me. It is fucking Picross. Like yeah, it's, Mario, it's Mario Picross. Um I I I'm wondering where Picross has been my entire life. Uh I'm I'm I like I said I cannot It's been in Japan. Yeah, evidently. I can't put it this down. I don't understand like what half the pictures are because they all have like a Japanese subtitle and it's all like pixel art. Um but that that's beside the point. <laughs> it's booby. Just completing the puzzles is own reward. It's a plumber with overalls on. It could be yes, anything. Yes, yes. Well, it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's like Mario. It's been Mario for like 95% of it. Like War- <laughs> it's a me. War- again. Wario showed up at one point. I, I had no idea why. And then I haven't seen Wario since. So I don't know if I did a thing that called Wario. Uh-oh. Uh, Where's the Wario? But, uh, 
I'm not gonna wait. You, you you ate the cursed garlic, which summoned warrior. Mm, it's possible. <laughs> uh, I love that. So anyways, I just warrior. I just thought it was funny that I didn't realize what I was playing. Yeah, but anyways, it's like a puzzle within a puzzle. Kind it like is the in the woods of uh, retro puzzle games. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, good recommendation. Though. That is a really fun game. It is, and also Holly Holly's a great show. It is definitely is. Um, I would I would love to, to talk about it more in depth one of these days. Uh, where's Holly Quinn? Not because Electric Car, Bruce. What was that? Where's my damn electric car, Bruce? Pay me down. All right, uh, Alex. Anything you want to go over? Uh, did I mention the school nurse files last last time last week? I don't think so. Well, it's this uh, creepy but also whimsical. Korean show on Netflix and it's awesome. I haven't seen really anything quite like it. Uh, there, there's some really good creep factor. There's some imagery that's like really like weird and bizarre, and, and it's it's cool seeing this type of show, you know, from other countries. So you get different takes, different cultural backgrounds, uh, and, and like the creepiness and stuff still resonates. Is it like from a good, the act? Is like a Korean nurse ratchet? No. Not at all. The the nurse actually fights supernatural stuff within a school. Hmm. Uh, she's the good guy, and you just but like creepy stuff happens to the students and the faculty, and uh, there's the spirits. But she's the only one, pretty much, that can see him at the school. And then you discovered like different layers as to what's going on. Uh, it's a it's a good show. I recommend. It's only like eight episodes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, Alex? Nope. That's it. All right. Uh, Damien, anything you want to chime in on? Uh, I second the Harley Quinn wreck. That's uh, I've, something I've got uh, turned on to recently. That's a good one. All right. I am excited to check out the uh, school nurse files, though. <laughs> Just be I careful. Be, quickly be... And, and she has a lightsaber, and there's a giant whale flying around. Mm-hmm. So that's right up my alley. In my wheelhouse. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Jeff, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, Just uh, briefly, a lot of the DC movies have been pushed back to 2022. So the new Batman movie, Flash, uh, all that stuff. They've not even next year. So two years from now is when that stuff is not going to be released. The Flash, Um, the Flash movie that everybody's clamoring for. Flash the Flash. I don't know. I'm clamoring for it because as you talked about, there's rumors that it's going to have like all the different versions of Batman and stuff like that. And yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And to go along with that, the rumor is that they're making a new Spider-Man movie. And mm-hmm. I don't know what this, if this is from the Tom Holland movies, is this from the Spider-Verse cartoon movies, but um, they're going to go other Spider-Man. Like now the Tom Holland one will interact with, Miles Morales and we interact with Tobey Maguire and uh, the other guy, who, the other jabroni who played it in a couple of <laughs> movies. Andrew, Andrew Gar- Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. The president of the United States. <laughs> James Garfield. The uh-huh. lasagna loving cat. <laughs> Boy, does he hate Mondays. <laughs> and crime. <laughs> so. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if it's true or not, but I thought that was a cool little rumor. And then. Uh, the other thing is I just found out recently as you know some movie theaters are starting to open back up but that's pretty mm-hmm. limited and risky and everything uh, I guess Cinemark is allowing you to rent out 
a theater for private use and it's depends on when you go but it's like between 60 and 150 dollars you can rent out a theater and they have select movies they have ready for you to watch it's like jurassic park uh, I think one of the Star Wars movies is available. There's a list of them. And now horror movies. Or you can just like, here's a DVD, put it in, and you can watch it. Finally, Ernest Saves Christmas back <laughs> on the big screen. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's, that's ridiculous, Damien. It's Halloween. The, yeah. Ernest Saves Halloween. <laughs> play, play yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid. Scared Stupid. Yeah, sorry. I didn't remember yes. the name. Yes. <laughs> so. Speaking of that, I actually um, did see the limited theater screening of Akira. That came out oh, how, how was going into the theater uh, by the way? on the IMAX? Yeah, an IMAX uh, theater was fine. Uh, you know, they have the social distancing and the masks and whatnot for the most part. Of course, when you get in the theater and you're munching on popcorn, they're not going to slap it out of your hand until you put your mask back on. But uh, I think they had some precautions in place. But for me, uh, Akira is an all, one of my favorite films. So the chance to see it in theaters is uh, exceptional it's a really awesome experience a film I think that really does benefit from it so if people have the opportunity um, and they're coupled with the circumstances I, I couldn't recommend them more highly because the soundtrack and the audio and the sheer scope of Neo Tokyo and the, the kind of the sumptuous visuals really make it uh, a unique experience even for a film even if you're someone like myself who's watched the film you know myriad times already that's pretty cool yeah, that does sound cool um mm. Does sound cool, but how, us all going to watch Commando on the big screen for the first time. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Never seen it the way it's always been meant to see. I never saw it. <laughs> well, now you can rent out a theater and put in your DVD. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to do that. Why don't they just call him Boy George? <laughs> you think I could smell him coming? I did. I did. <laughs> Anyway, that's my news. <laughs> just, anyway, just spend the next half hour quoting Commando. Uh, yeah, I know we could do that. <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, all right, uh, DC that, stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just curious. Speaking of DC things, has anybody uh, been following uh, Three Jokers? The uh, the comic story that's going on. No, Batman? no, uh, I have not. Really, yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Where it's uh, posited as the title would suggest that there are actually. There is not just one Joker. There are three, each embodying separate aspects of what we come to know as the Joker, and they all kind of uh, get in cahoots to uh, cause trouble for for bats and uh, and the Red Hood. It's a pretty dark but interesting story so far. I haven't finished the, hmm. uh, the last issue. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Was uh, what well, a little bit of last bit of a uh, uh, trivia. Um, so for. I was reading up on Harley Quinn, the, the like the character. Apparently, she's like the like the fourth pillar of DC right now. It's like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn. Like, and, <laughs> awesome. And yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, but it's just very interesting to think that she just basically spun out of just being like a, a, a just a minor side character in the Batman animated series in the early '90s. Like, this is not one Damn. of the mainstays. Like. Not not OG Rogues Gallery for Batman. Um, it's, it's it's interesting. There's always room for for something to catch on in the comics. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Green Lantern's always ready to move aside. For some <laughs> other reason, character <laughs> well, or, right. or being forced aside. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't make my suit green or animated. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that that sounds like 
it unless anybody has anything else nope, nope. alright um, thanks for listening everybody make sure to check us out on Patreon we go there listen to quotes from Springfield and hopefully soon Mandalorian episodes when that show comes out which is in a couple weeks I think three weeks two weeks I don't know at this point but mm-hmm. alright thanks for listening everybody be excellent to don't each other don't read the Latin Sabrubi <laughs> Subrubi Liberate yeah and yeah like Scott said be excellent to each other please wear your mask We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. hard for the money mm-hmm. so hard for the money so hard <laughs> he gets a husband's bulge when he cooks <laughs> damn it yeah <laughs> i was mentioned. waiting for alex to say husband's bulge is the top of it for sure <laughs> i was like just no way <laughs> oh that was an unfortunate lie it's like oh wait it's like hey we only need to go as far as you want to go He's got a husband's bulge. <laughs> 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 <laughs>